Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I actually spent many years as a skeptic. In fact, fact, even when I was a Christian, for many years, I still didn't believe that Jesus healed. In fact, I classified myself as an unbelieving believer. I believed in Jesus. But I didn't believe in the Jesus of this Bible. Because the Jesus of this Bible did miracles. He did the impossible. He changed. Through his presence, he transformed lives. He set captors free. Until one day, God got a hold of my life. And I actually had a book I wrote, Miracles from the Dust, where I talk about People always ask me, John, how did you get involved in the healing ministry? So I wrote a book about it, and I talk about my, my journey, how I became a missionary to the Australian indigenous people. And the first tribe, or well, the last tribe that came out into civilization was in 1984. So it's only in recent history, it's only the last 27 years, since the last known tribe that never seen civilization came out with no clothes on and spears and paint and so it's quite amazing so God gave me a heart to reach these people so I went out as a missionary to work amongst indigenous tribes and I and I and uh, I was getting very frustrated because the people weren't interested in what I had to tell them and I so I got so desperate one day I, I said well, God if nothing happens by the end of the year I'm out and so I got you know when you're desperate you do desperate things. And uh, I was on the verge of giving up. So, so, so I made this crazy decision to fast 10 days a month from the 1st to the 10th. And God, I'm just going to fast from the 1st to the 10th and I'm going to just, just pray and fast that God, you'll move on these people and, and, and you'll touch their lives. Now, I wasn't praying for miracles because I didn't really believe in miracles. But I was praying that God would get a hold of these people. God would save them, get their attention. And so I began to fast and pray for 10 days a month. And where I lived was a very remote place. And uh, it was in the middle of nowhere, middle of the desert, really. And, um, and I had an outreach to this, to this community, this Aboriginal community, and all I had was one old lady and about three or four children. And I'd go out there, and, I'd, and, my, and my church was just a few um, logs and some, some, some dirt and some grass. It, it was just out in the paddock. But I'd go out there, and with all my heart, I would preach the gospel. But I'd tell simple Bible stories. But, and, and, you know, and after fasting and praying for five months, still nothing was happening. And I, just, I was on the verge of giving up. Till one day, my life changed forever. It's amazing how you can keep going on in life, and nothing changes. Then all of a sudden, you can turn that corner. And you know, it's the, the funny thing is, you never quite know when it's going to happen. And I, it was one particular day I went out there and I somehow got this boldness in me. I got stirred up. And the, and the one adult I had was a tribal lady and the problem was she couldn't speak English. Now that's a major problem when your only adult member can't speak English. But she always had a bad limp. And, uh, and, and so the few children that used to accompany her, I turned to them, could you... Tell Elsie I want to pray for a leg. Now, I've been a Christian for 16 or 17 years, and I've never seen anyone healed. I tried a couple of times, but nothing happened. So, so the children brought the old lady out. I laid hands, because I'd seen people do this. 
I laid hands on her leg and I thought nothing more of it. And what happened was the next week I went out there, there's a whole crowd of people. I thought, what's going on here? Why are they here for? And what happened was that Jesus healed this lady. And that changed my life. Even, even I was amazed. I thought, how did that happen? And they wanted me to pray for them. And so I started praying for them and God was healing them. And I, I was shocked because I didn't really believe in this. And that's the amazing thing. That, you know, that God would do this and I wasn't even really believing for it. You know, when I always say God set me up. He just set me up. And then God began to do this. And, I, and, and, and then I got a reputation. I was called the missionary man who heals. And so I traveled to very remote areas and I saw miracles. But I came to see that the Jesus of this Bible is still alive. And you know what? The same Jesus is here. Now, my wife and I, we travel the world. We see amazing, amazing miracles. We have a website called johnmeller.org. You can get it on YouTube. It's more than a thousand miracles testimonies of People blind, people born blind, people crippled, people incurable diseases, cripples running, all sorts of amazing miracles happen all the time. Reporters come to report this and they get healed. It's made national television, I mean not state, but national across the whole country, nine times. And people fly in, the people flying from America, Asia, they've come from Japan, Singapore, they fly in for healing. It's amazing. And I just always stand there and say, God, you're amazing that you would even use someone like me. And you know, but all God wants, he wants is a willing heart. A willing heart. And God, God can use you despite who you are, despite your weaknesses. I never forget one time, um, after these miracles were happening, God, God sent me to Scotland and um, I was in the Isle of Lewis and I was praying for, and this woman had a, had a problem. So I, I was praying for this woman and all of a sudden the woman fell over. But the problem was, her wig got caught in my hand. And when she went down, she was bald. So I, I freaked out. Never seen this before. So I got down and I tried to arrange her wig to try and save her dignity. And then I made a mistake. I pulled her up and the wig was on back to front and covered her face. And I can tell you, for certain, that was the most hair-raising experience that I've ever had in my life. One time, this man came for prayer, and he came to the front, and he limped up. And so I laid my hand on his leg. He said, I want prayer for my leg. So I'm praying for his leg. I thought, mate, this man's got hypertension. There's so much swelling in this leg, and I'm praying. I said, mate, how's it feeling? He said, oh, it's still the same. So I'm praying for the leg again. I'm praying all my heart. I thought, mate, this guy's got the worst, well, the worst cases of hypertension I've ever experienced. And I'm praying. It's always a swollen and hard. I said, mate, how's the leg going? He says, no change. And I pray a third time. I said, mate, how's it going? He said, no change. Mate, by the way, you're praying for a wrong leg. You're, you're right now, you're praying for my wooden leg. <laughs> you know, God... God can use us despite who we are. It's a fact. You know, you know when, when, I, when I was building my church, I got so excited one day because, because apart from having this outreach amongst the Aborigines, in the small town of Catherine, I had one church 
member. Well, he's a part-time member. Now, it can be discouraging when you go to preach. And here I was, I had an old lady and a few children on the outreach. And in the city, my church had one man would sit there. You know, sometimes my, ch- my whole church would get offended and walk out halfway through a meeting. Sometimes I'd go and visit my church, but, but sometimes he wouldn't be home. But one day I got a phone call. And a man from the from city called Darwin, four hours away, said, John, there's a man coming down who wants to join your church. This man is a soul winner. He's going to be perfect. He's going to help you build your church. Wherever he goes, people come to the Lord. He's going to be a great asset to your church. And he's already arrived. He's in town. Now, John has the address. And so I wrote the address down. I thought, mate, someone's coming to my church. I'm going to have two people. And this man's going to whimple for Jesus. It's going to help me build my church. I was so excited. And then I was so excited, I rushed out. I, you know, I drove out to, to where the address was. There's this block of flats. And I knocked on the door. For door open. I said, excuse me, mate. He said, my name's John Mellor. I've, got a, I've started the church here. And listen, church starts very soon. Listen, just get dressed. Hop in the car. And the man went in. Then he got dressed. And he, he, he hopped in the car. And I'm driving along. I heard this noise. <laughs> I looked around, I thought, this is, the man was grunting. I thought, oh, that man looks possessed. I said, the man in Darwin who phoned me up, he's got no discernment whatsoever. And I arrived at the church, he's called, mate, hop out, we're going to start. You know, I was so, so excited. I never remember in my church. Anyway, I went upstairs, the man sat down. I got up to preach and he's glaring at me. His eyes are like the, like the devil. He's going, oh, oh. And I think, that guy's got no discernment. This guy's like he's demon possessed. How can he win souls for Jesus? And I'm preaching away all my heart. I'm preaching, preaching away. And all of a sudden, halfway through the message, this, this other man came through the back. Big smile on his face. He sat at the back. And I thought to myself, I wonder who he is. Then I found out that I'd gone to the wrong address. <laughs> I never saw both those guys ever again. But, you know, see, God can use us to spot who we are. You know, you ask my wife. God can use us to spot who we are. All God wants is someone who will dare and believe him. Now, this is like, this is like my daily experience. She calls me Mr. Magoo. I walk into things. I leave things behind. I... It's amazing. It's just amazing. It's a miracle. I'm even standing here today. But God looks at people who are willing, truly. He doesn't choose the most educated. I mean, listen, I must admit, I must admit, I do have a PhD. But He does. I do. Preaching, healing, and deliverance. <laughs> but. He looks at those who have a heart willing to serve him. That's what he looks for. I was showing yesterday, I had a friend who was a quadriplegic who's paralyzed from the, neck, from the neck down, and he had a, a great healing ministry. And he could just move his arms a little bit like that. And when he touched people, they get healed. He couldn't even turn the pages of his Bible. He had a little thing in his mouth to turn the Bible. But he had one thing he had. He had a passion to serve God. A passion. A passion. A passion. 
And despite who you are, despite your weaknesses, your lack of education or your height or, who, or, your, or you know, your social background, God looks at the heart. Here I am, Lord. And one thing God really wants, he wants a desperate heart for him. And I suppose these miracles that I see, and God's going to heal people today, it comes out of desperation. I'm desperate to see people. We're desperate to see people healed and delivered and set free. Desperate. That's the reason why we're here. And I believe there's people here this morning whose lives will never be the same again. Because God has an appointment for you. He wants to touch And maybe you've been prayed for many times and nothing has happened. Maybe you've become so discouraged that God wants to touch you. Today's a new day. You know, the Bible is full of desperate people. Desperate people. Desperate people. You know, blind Bartimaeus, he screamed out. He couldn't see, but he just screamed out. He knew Jesus was somewhere. And the more he screamed out, the more they told him to be quiet. The Bible says, but he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He screamed, desperation, screamed. He couldn't care what the voices said to him. Desperate. The lady of the bleeding for 12 years. You know, the Jewish law, if you had bleeding like, like she had, you, you were classified as unclean. And you, and you know, if you were unclean, you couldn't come into public. By law, they would stone you to death. But she was so desperate to touch Jesus. She's willing to risk her life. The Bible is full of desperate people. You know, the, the men who, who came to the place where Christ was teaching and they couldn't get into the, into the place where he was teaching, so they climbed onto the roof and they had a paralyzed man. You imagine, it's hard enough to climb up to a roof without carrying a dead weight, but they somehow got this paralyzed man to the top and they opened the roof up and they began to lower this paralyzed man down. That's desperation. In fact, almost every miracle we see in the Bible involves desperation. A heart for him. And we see, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew and we see in um, chapter 15, In verse 29, it says, Jesus departed from there. He skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down there. And then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. It's very easy to read that and say, oh, it's great, people got healed. But if you could just look between the lines of that, it says, they followed him as he skirted the Sea of Galilee. See, he must have traveled maybe about 20 miles. People followed him 20 miles, and on top of that, they they went up a mountain. You imagine carrying a, a paralyzed man up a mountain. You imagine being lame and hobbling up a mountain. You imagine being blind, being led, and stumbling up a mountain. And they came by the thousands from right across the whole country. Thousands of them. 
desperate people. In fact, it even says in Matthew 9 and chapter 1, it says that, that they, um, he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan and great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. You know, you know people who followed him uh, from the Galilee to the Judea and the Jordan, that, that's more than 100 miles. People gave up their jobs, their farms. They went without wages or work for days upon days upon days, carrying dead weights and lame people day after day, mile after mile. These are desperate people. Desperation. Desperate. You know, so often our society is like, it's like a drive-in McDonald's society. You drive in, well, if I can't get a meal in five minutes, I'm not going back. And sometimes we treat God like that. Well, God, I want you to heal me now, and my terms, that's it. But if we see these scriptures, many people paid a price, they're desperate. In fact, when Jesus, coming back to Matthew, and they're up the mountain, you know, the, the disciples got very concerned. And, uh, and they said, hey, you know, Jesus, these people have been up here for three days now, and they've got no food. And Jesus said, I've got compassion on this people. They've now been with me for three days, have nothing to eat. You imagine sitting there up a mountain, there's no wheelchair toilets, there's no shops, no food, nothing. Desperate. Desperate. The Bible's full of desperate people. In fact, there's hardly a case of a miracle in the Bible, in the Gospels anyway, that doesn't, hasn't got some element of desperation. Desperate hearts, desperate people. God loves desperate hearts. The truth is we need Him more than we need air. The truth is that heaven and hell are real. The truth is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Without him, we're lost. All roads don't lead to heaven. That's a lie. There's only one road, one way. Jesus. So God looks for desperate people. They say, here I am, Lord, use me, send me. And God looks for desperate people who want to touch from him. I saw you yesterday, it's amazing how I see more blind people healed than people with short-sightedness. I mean, more people going blind, glaucoma, they're losing their sight, you know, and, uh, or, they're totally, or they're blind. And, you know, I see more people with that serious eye conditions healed than people with short-sightedness. And one day I said, well, what, why is that? What, I mean, it shouldn't be easier to see someone with short-sightedness healed than someone just about blind. And the Lord spoke to me because they're desperate. If you're short-sighted, you put your glasses back on. Put the contacts back in. It's too easy. But if doctors say in 12 months you'll totally, be totally blind, all of a sudden this desperation comes over you. Man, if I don't get healed, if I don't get healed, I'm finished. There comes a desperation. You just can't put, put your contacts back in. And so if we see through the word of God, desperate people following Jesus, crying out to Jesus, and the same principles hold today. As people here, you've come because you need healing and you're desperate. You need a breakthrough in God. At the seminar yesterday, I talked about 
It's interesting how God heals. You know, you know, you know, yesterday I prayed for some people, they'll heal instantly. Bang, healed. There's others I prayed for as a process. As I kept praying, they kept improving, kept improving, kept improving. There's some people I prayed for, they may have improved, but they still had some of the symptoms. You know, sometimes when I pray for people, after I, after I stop praying, the healing continues and they're healed over a period of time. You know, recently in Australia, there's a lady who was blind for four years and her, her son-in-law is a famous Australian who plays with some soccer team over here. Cahill is Australian. He prays for an international, well, some famous soccer team. Anyway, somehow he'd seen me on TV and on the news program and he, he actually told his mother-in-law about it. Now, she was blind for four years. She had irreversible blindness. She had dark sunglasses and a white cane. And she came and her husband brought her to the meeting. I laid hands on her eyes about five times and I prayed, no change. Now, she wasn't a Christian. She was so depressed because doctor said you'll never, ever, ever get your sight back. And I said to her this, I said, you know what? I said, don't be, told, don't be discouraged. Sometimes when I pray, the healing will manifest at a later point. Now, four weeks later, this lady's walking along after prayer. She had dark sunglasses, her white cane. She's walking along, and all of a sudden, her eyes open. Instantly. And she, she, you can see it on YouTube. We've got more than a thousand miracle testimonies on YouTube. Just put, 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 do a Google search, put in John Mellor blindness, and you get a whole lot of people who've been blind, being healed. And she, she said, I went off to the doctor, and the doctor said, this is impossible. Your, your form of blindness was incurable. And she said, all I know is I went to a meeting, and I received prayer. And four weeks later, I can see. So God heals in different ways. He's the healer. John Mellor's not the healer. It's by faith. In Jesus Christ. So God wants to use you to serve him. He can wants to use you to pray for the sick. But he wants people who are desperate for him. Desperate. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.